Hi, I'm Patrick Hollick, and you are listening to Light Source. And welcome to episode 34 of Light Source, the official podcast of StudioLighting.net, the website that introduces photographers to portrait and studio lighting equipment and techniques. I'm Bill Crawford, publisher. And I'm Ed Hidden, exclusive photographer and image inspector with iStockphoto.com. On today's episode, we are going to talk with one of my favorite photographers because he did the season three images for Battlestar Galactica, which I have been amazed with since I had seen them. So, Dude, uh, they're awesome. Oh, he, his shadow and the way that he captures the deep, dark, moody, uh, even though, well, well, he'll he'll explain his style a little bit later on, but it, it's really great. The photographer's name is Patrick Holick, and you can get a link to his website at www.studiolighting.net and click on the link for the podcast. And you can find his link in the show notes. Yeah, we were fortunate to get a hold of Patrick. He was he was tricky to get Patrick on the show, but um, we were able to catch him actually on his cell phone on his way to Santa Monica. So the audio recording, I know a lot of you guys write us when we do cell phone interviews. We apologize, but trust us, it's a cool interview. Yeah, at least the content's good on this one. Yeah. So so this is the commuter cast with uh, <laughs> Patrick Kolick. <right>. <laughs> Well, as we're recording this, uh, there's some new news today. Adobe Photoshop Lightroom has announced version 1.0, and it will be shipping very, very soon. Uh, I believe February 19th is the ship date on it. And if you purchase Adobe Lightroom before April 30th, the introductory price is going to be $199. After that, it'll be $299. From one of the descriptions that I read, it seems like they have uh, kept some some new things for the non-beta users. So that way, uh, there will be some new surprises once it hits the uh, the full version. That's pretty cool. It's kind of bittersweet, though. I mean, they 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 get you used to that beta edition. That's you know doesn't cost anything, and then you got to go and buy it. I'm not all that disappointed in having to buy it though, because it's I've gotten used to using it, and I do know that it. It does exactly what I'm looking for it to do. Right. And I've used it for long enough that I, it's not like one of those pieces of software that I've used for a month and then you kind of discard it or you don't go back to it. I, I know exactly how often I go back to using it. So I think it's a great thing that they've had it in beta. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's really cool. It's, you know, it's, it's a great way for software companies to, to operate because you really get to know the software and you realize you can't live without it. <laughs> So you're, you're, you feel good about buying it at that point. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I, I really like the way that they've done it. Like I said, you know, it's, it's not one of those things where it's a new gadgety software that I, I have on my system and, you know, I forget about using it after a while. It's, right. I definitely know that it's useful. So it's, it's well worth the 199 for me. Good deal, man. So yeah, that, that will be shipping pretty soon. Well, I got cool email from Alien Bees. I guess it was almost a month ago. And if you own one of the Alien Bees ABR 800 ring flashes, you probably got the same email or letter. And basically it said that they did some redesign work to it. I received my replacement ring flash last week, and I thought it'd be kind of cool to talk about some of the things that they changed. Yeah, that's actually definitely a very good thing because I was talking with Andrea Gingrich, one of the iStock photographers, and she had one, and she had forwarded me the letter. And we we were talking about whether... Asking my opinion on whether I thought that it was worth 
sending hers back in to get corrected. Because did the email say that it, you could either do like the fix-it-yourself kit or you could send it back to them to fix up? Yeah, exactly. They gave you an option. Option A would be they send you a kit of stuff that you can fix your ring light yourself. And then the second option was actually just ship it back and they'll modify the ring flash and change the housing and send it back to you, which is is what I ended up doing. And what, what, you, what they do to it, well, first of all, the camera mount is completely different. It's totally different. It doesn't doesn't even really look like the other one. It's got a lot more room for a camera to be mounted. It slides a lot up and down a lot better, and it also now slides forward and backward in a different way. Rather than just having a screw through the bottom of it, it actually has a removable base, almost like the kind you would find on a tripod. Um, hmm. And the base comes completely off, so you can, you know, quickly take your camera off of it if you were at a shoot or something like that with a little a lever. The other thing that's interesting about it is that they've recessed the plug because I guess a lot of folks were having a little trouble with the body of their camera being kind of kind of weird up against the plug at the base of the uh, power outlet. I noticed that with mine. Right, and your hand is kind of in a weird spot there. So they've taken that and recessed it into the face of the light, and, and they've also included a 90-degree plug so that now there's nothing you know, protruding from the back of the ring flash. It just hangs straight down, which is really cool. And the other big thing that they sent was a replaced diffusion cover, which they had painted a certain way to eliminate some lens flare, some people had mentioned. And for me, the coolest thing was they built like a post umbrella mount that locks into the center of the ring flash. You could turn it around and use it as a, as a big umbrella light source. Which oh, I've, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been experimenting with that for a while, but I had to use my own sort of rigging to make it happen. It's nice to see alien bees listening to their customers and actually manufacturing something and shipping it out. And none of this costs anything for ABR owners, which is just another example of how cool they are as a company, I think. Yeah, that's, that's a good way. Well, I mean, Paul, when Paul was on the show, he did, he said that the initial ones were beta releases. So it's good that he's honoring that as, as truly the beta releases that he had intended them to be. Yeah, I mean, it's neat. They're, they're really taking feedback from those hundreds of people that have purchased the light and making improvements to your product and actually sending out those improvements to all their existing customers, which is really neat. Yeah, I'm I'm actually I'm very impressed with, with them as a company. I, I had mentioned this to you the other week it, that I had one of the bulbs go out on my ABR, and I, I had ordered one off of the website, and you can order them in pairs or singles, and I got a call like maybe an hour or so later, and it was uh, one of the customer service people from Alien Bees, and they were just saying, hey, you know this thing takes two. And I said, yeah, I know. I only broke one of them. And they said, oh, okay, just checking. That's cool. So, yeah, it was nice that they called ahead, and so that way I didn't get one flash tube at home. And if I had needed to, I would have had to go back and order a second one. So it was nice that they were thinking of that ahead of time and said, hey, you sure you only need one? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, definitely very cool. Well, we don't want to ramble too long, but we want to get into Patrick's interview so we can uh, ride home with him as he's telling us all about uh, his lighting style and things like that. So let's get right into the interview. Sounds great. Let's do it. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show with us, Patrick. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
Um, as I as I said earlier, I'm a I'm a big fan of your work, especially the uh, the Battlestar Galactica stuff. That was my my introduction to your work, and uh, I keep waiting for a book to come out or something. D- do you have a, a montage book or something like that available? We have a book called um, Tar. That's uh, it's a fine art uh, and short story book that I self published a few years back. We're actually in the process of repressing it because we we sold our first run, like our first press run. Other than that, I have one that I'm shooting currently that's probably going to be, uh, you know, three to six months from complete, and right. uh, that's another project. I haven't done a book of solely entertainers or the stuff that, you know, is on the website and stuff like that. This is more, like, this is a series of girls and short stories, again, but a little different than the last time I thought. That would be excellent. All of your work, even aside from just the celebrity stuff, is, is all phenomenal, so... uh You'll have to let us know when that's uh, available so we can alert our listeners that it's out there. Yeah, no, thank you for that. That would be great. Uh, We look forward to getting this one thing done. It's just been out in the other field so much that getting all these things done is sometimes hard, as I'm sure you guys know with your stuff. (laughs) Completely understand that. To start out, Patrick, how would you describe your style? It's it's very dark. It's it's not really contrasty, but it's it definitely (laughs) it definitely has like a film noir look to it. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess I I kept trying to get at something, uh, and it became what people say is dark. And then, you know, with me, I don't think it's dark. I think that people are really, you know, kind of optimistic inside of possible, you know, like maybe there's darkness around, but I think there's detail and in, in not darkness in, in, in the subject. But, you know, this is a whole thing, uh, you know, pretty much is defined as I'm dark guy. <laughs> um <laughs> I would suggest to the listeners to don't be called dark guy and shoot through silks and go for, uh, you know, having an allowance. Don't go this route. It's painful. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, I see it as optimistic, but I'm always kind of coined the dark guy, you know, a little less dark, but like we love it, but dark and then dark, you know, it's dark. Um, I don't see it like that. I just kind of... I'm capturing something that I'm seeing in, in the nuances of subject or person or personality or, and, and uh, you know, little key elements I think of the people, all accent with light or something that I felt was going on. And I don't have a real good, you know, reason for, for what I'm doing. I seem to just be repeating the way I kind of see things. And I've always seen things in that way. I always liked when a sunset was going on versus blasting daylight. I always identified with painters more than, let's say, Dewey Nix, you know, or right. or Bruce Weber or something in this optimistic uh, Miller's Outpost bugle boy sense. You know, I, <laughs> I always steered away from it. It was always a crowd, I guess, that I socially wasn't part of. And I, I always like, you know, when you're going home or whatever and you're seeing that one minute where it's ridiculous light and you guys see it all the time where, like, you know, sun's blasting off of a mirrored building and then there's something going on. Right. And I, I always liked those moments. I felt, like, romantic as a kid when I'd see them. I'd feel like I was, you know, uh, on, like, you know, endorphins or just some sort of a drug rush. <laughs> I don't know if that helps any. <laughs> yeah, totally. It really, descri- you know, explains your, your approach. And what we're curious about, since we talk a lot about lighting on our show, is how do you do that with with lighting equipment? How what's your approach to to your typical image? Sometimes using a lot of light, and uh, sometimes you know paring it down. But uh, 
I tend to use a lot of lights, and I tend to uh, go between three or four key lights, like the main light, and then experiment. I'm blessed to have good people around me that have been with me for some years, and basically we're kind of unsatisfied with what we did, so we try to change it, and we alter it, so therefore we'll play around a lot more. And It's funny because some people say, oh yeah, no, it's just that thing, or it's darker. I, I don't know, I think it's always evolving, but maybe so nuanced and so subtle that no one's like taking notice of it, you know? Some jobs I go heavy in lighting and grip, and some times I back down. It also depends on the client and the, and the budget, of course. Right. But I like lights, and if you give me lights, I'll, I'll use them. <laughs> you know? You give me stuff, and uh, I like turn it all on and, and, you know, use it. You mentioned that you pick out features of interest in your subject. Is that you start there and like say, okay, we're going to start, we're going to highlight this guy's eyes and then build around that? Yeah, with... yeah. Well, we'll pretty much get my key in play, uh, the key light, and then you know we get it pretty quickly because we all have a language together. And then we'll mess around and say, you know what, I I'm feeling this dude's hands because I think this and that about him, and as far as what I've seen in his work, or I like. His eyes. I think his eyes should come in more. You know, we'll we'll go accordingly to it. Okay. And just kind of fill in the cracks and and keep shaping it. You know, uh, the good thing about my team also is they don't kind of set up and go gossip or do craft services. They take jobs and they're very serious. Uh, my team. They they want to get better. They want to do better. They're interested in what we do. Yeah. A lucky person to have the rapport I have. Yeah, that sounds like a great situation. You mentioned it a couple of times you don't consider your work to be dark, and I understand where you're coming from. I was noticing that you really use shadows a lot for shaping and mm -hmm. and for drawing out attention on certain features. But does that create any problems for you? I assume you're shooting digital at this point. No, um, I only shoot digital. Like uh, you mentioned Battlestar Galactica, that was one of the last digital jobs I did. I do it when the client is real gung-ho on it. So with Battlestar, the turnaround was fast, and they like to have it on file. And I wasn't upset with using digital, but I, I tend to use 4 by 5 and uh, and film. Okay. I like those mediums. Uh, I always kind of lean at film. I still have some issues with the coldness of the digital process, the uh, the mids, the blacks, the whites. I, I think that there's some, some work to be done in the you know digital revolution, let's say. That's something that I think can evolve, you know, in, in the thing. And I'll go, I'm not scared to go digital. It's just I'm, I'm holding out for another minute or so. <laughs> and I, I still like the process of film a lot. But digital definitely, you know, I had a hassle blood on that job. And, you know, the new whatever, you probably know the technology. I don't know the, the stuff as much. And uh, it was sharp. It was so sharp it was scary. It was, you know, you could see people's brains and their eyeballs. <laughs> it was gnarly. I've never seen it like that. That's wild. Yeah. So I, I guess that's probably one of the things, like I know I've seen a lot of shots with digital that have a, mm -hmm. a, a very moody look to them or a very dramatic mm -hmm. look where they have a lot of shadow areas and it, it does tend to get a bit, I don't know, noisy or muddy in those areas, yeah. so, which probably is one of the big reasons why you stick with the film. I guess, yeah, the true black sometimes are kind of like I call it cream of wheat. It's kind of like browns <laughs> in the blacks. And, and it takes an anal retentive freak, you know, like me to just keep staring. And they're like, you know, even some <laughs> digital guys are like, I still don't know what he means, you know. And I'm like, it's there. There's noise in your blacks. And 
uh, I think that goes back to, you know, when I was 16, I, I was uh, lucky enough to be in New York during, like, the, let's call the first rap explosion and music video. And I started as, like, you know, a, a slave and went to assistant camera and then to camera and then to AD and then to director aggressively. And also at a time when you could, you could call yourself a director and borrow someone else's reel and pretend it was yours and get a rap video as director. <laughs> and early on, we got to go in telecines, which is very much what I think, you know, was my first experience to like, wow, it's like a spaceship in here. And if the film looks like shit, we can save it, you know, through optics and through all these tricks. Right. So I, I was early on in the telecine room learning about the Henry and the Ursa and, and, you know, the phases and all this stuff. So I could really stare at an image, you know. Okay. I think that's where that came from, that, like, my, you know, this, like, crazy detail-oriented uh, head. You mentioned a little bit ago that you you could use as many lights as someone gives you. Are you typically talking about, like, packing head systems, or do you have a specific brand that you enjoy using? Oh, you mean as far as, like, pro photo versus and all that stuff? Yeah. It gets to a place, it really gets to a place where it doesn't matter if you're using uh, pro photo or... Dyna light or whatever. It, I guess it depends on your, say, your beauty dish and how you finesse it or okay. how you finesse your your umbrellas, you know. Right. Well, maybe it'd be um, better to ask you what kind of modifiers you like to work with most. Modifiers, um, I, I, I tend to uh, go crazy on a beauty dish with, you know, the various styles of tape and foil on the inside of them sometimes. And I've never liked the open umbrella as much as a collapse. I have a friend that's like pretty much Picasso with the collapsed umbrella. He never opens them up. And uh, I used to freak out. I mean, you could give someone 10 strobe heads and he couldn't get the guy's light from a collapsed umbrella. And he blew my mind with it all the time. He'd be like, pull out the collapse, you know, when all else fails here. That is awesome. <laughs> needed nothing else, you know? <laughs> You know, and I did as a, in the old days, back to music video, I worked with guys like Harris Savitas, who went on to shoot, I don't know, uh, I think, he didn't shoot Fight Club, but he shot The Game. Okay. And he shoots for Fincher. He's, he's a talented guy, and, and Harris was absent of light, so I learned a lot from him. He was very much, you know, give me two 5Ks, and you'd be like, wait, dude, we're doing like a grocery store tonight. <laughs> you'd be like, yeah, and I'm going to make it. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to make this work. And he would do that even on a movie as big as that. Wow. And, uh, yeah, he shot, a, he shot Good Will Hunting. He shot a few films. Uh, but I worked for him. I was one of his guys. I was one of, like, you know, I learned a lot from him. And then I would work with egomaniacs that were like, you know, I need four 10-ton trucks and 30 <laughs> days out of insecurity. And I'm going to cut it down to Harris's life but you guys are going to work all night pre-lighting. Oh, wow. So I get to see a lot of styles and light. I feel I guess I could loosely move around inside of what you, what you got or could give me. Okay, well, that's cool. When you work with a lot of lights, and like some of my favorite portraits of yours, you actually, I mean, you can tell that there's all sorts of things going on. How do you control all the different lights and shadows and things that come from, you know, like six, seven, eight heads? Um. Basically, you know, gritting and shaping and cutting and, and uh, just light control. Yeah, I never just kind of turn a light on. It's got a, it's kind of got a, you know, it gets, it gets beyond mathematical sometimes and annoying, but <laughs> we're pretty much dialed to what we're up to with certain, certain uh, setups, so it's, it gets a little more patient. But 
you know, sometimes it is what it, it, what you're saying, and it's a lot of stuff. You know, there's rims, there's edges, there's above, there's to the side, and you know, and then a fill. And, right. You know, like you said, you could quickly get rid of it's like you know, on some of those close-ups, I'll do. Let me see, one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> nine heads. Wow. <laughs> like nine heads on a portrait. That's amazing. You know, we'll go from above. I hit the psych with something. I do edge lights on each side, and I do an eye light, a catch light, a fill light, you know, and a light for the to see where my cameras are in the dark shadows. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what's, it, what's it like to meter a portrait like that? Um, that's another thing. Um, we didn't, I didn't used to retouch uh, a lot, and basically what happened from that is incredibly hard on myself to get it right on a contact sheet. Okay. Because I used to work with some lo-fi like magazines, and if you didn't nail it in the uh, in the contact, you were gonna run exactly what you shot. So off of that kind of work, I developed like a real, real technical. I don't know if the word's technical, but I'm pretty dead on to what you're seeing. Okay. Like you know, if I'm, if my retouch crew needs to spend more than like ten minutes on an image and it's ba- not bags under the eyes. That's awesome. And that comes from those days where you're shooting for, you know, some whatever magazine that's going to run you how you hand it. And, you know, how you hand it is all you got. Right. You know, it's like you go to the newsstand, you're like, oh, shit. (laughs) I have a story here. No, I was kidding. I don't. It's like another thing. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I think that got me into really dialing in light to be not a guessing game or a guy that turns on some heads, blasts it, and then goes like, we'll fix it, you know? Right. I don't like that kind of work. I always thought of it, again, to guys like Harris and painters I've met in New York, you know, hack work's hack work. Okay. You know, I had a uh, hypnotherapist tell me once, he's like, are you just throwing shit out there like these other guys that don't exist anymore? Are you going to, you know, are you going to do fun wallpaper and be forgotten or are you going to do some images, <laughs> you know? And I freak out when I see guys that were, like, banging it out when I was a young, you know, like I was 16, 17, and I'm now 38, and I would be like, oh, my God, these guys. And then they just, the fucking world forgot. Right. If you ask a kid, like, today, you say, who's uh, Mondino? They're like, I don't know. Who's La Chapelle? He's a photographer. You're like, well, Mondino is La Chapelle, but it's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Mondino's gone, but he's that revolution. He was the whole thing. He's every saturation, every level is a La Chapelle. He did it five times and had two books of it. And, you know, I hope that doesn't happen to David and he's just gone. I definitely tell the, the kids that work with me and stuff, I'm like, yo, don't, you know, put on some silks if you want to, you know, do some, some covers and, and get a, an exciting house to live in because <laughs> mine is tooth and nail. It's like, you know, always uphill. But it's been a glorious uphill, you know what I mean? I could look at some images and still be happy. That's cool. That's great. But it's definitely, you definitely get, you know, put in a headlock at certain places in your in your work where you're like, you know, if you just change it as like an increment, we'll write you this check, dude. <laughs> <laughs> now, real quickly, you were talking about a couple terms back when you were talking about the multiple lights and stuff. We've talked about gridding and things like that, but you mentioned cutting and shaping. Yeah, you know, with this uh, simple card, you know, fill cards or, or, uh, or flags. 
some of my best work I ever did, in my opinion, was I had a Sears work light. You know the double fluorescent light? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even one every dad has in his garage. <laughs> and I got show card from, like, an art store, and I cut, you know, slivers that were four inches wide, two inches wide, three inches wide, and I got paper tape. And I messed with the configurations of of the, the, the flags and the uh, fluorescent until, uh, you know, you had a million things, and you loved it. You know, it was, like, precise. That's the best cool. was going to, like, a commercial shoot with a major actress. I think it was for Flan at the time. <laughs> with my whole setup, realizing that my fourth of a second shutter <laughs> wasn't going to work for a superstar with ADD. That's awesome. And, you know, I did some really good blur work on that one. You know, I had to relearn my game in, in the hot, in the strobes and, and well, uh, it, transfer over. But those things, you know, you just shape and, and play, you know. I used to play in my apartment all night with lights and just some girl that was real patient and just be like, try this, try that, try this, try that. And, you know, I took notes and notes and notes and and then you get to a look, and then you're like, ah, I'm at this look. Who cares? i got to do something else now, you know? <laughs> so it's crazy. <laughs> like, oh, I got that. And then you're like, that doesn't, I don't care about that anymore, you know? Got that, you know? That's page three, four, you know, with this and that. Now, looking, looking through your portfolio, you, have, you look like you have a good mix of uh, in-studio and on-location. If you were given the preference, where would you rather work? Um. Both are great with me, uh, just because I've been, I've been in into like really bad scenarios for those early, like some of the earlier days was working back again to something like uh, Flaunt or a, a magazine that was like just kind of like make it happen. So we learned how to compensate, like to turn something really awful in the real world and bring it to like more of a stage look, you know, with just light and. Uh, you can, you know, make a studio look like outside. I feel I feel safe in both environments. I don't really lean on one of them. I don't go, oh, God, I hope it's this, I hope it's that. You know, most jobs are pretty great. The only thing you compromise sometimes on location is ceiling height mm. and getting your lights as high as you might want them for a key or for something because, you know, sometimes you go high and right. you can't do it in an eight-foot ceiling in the perfect house. Sometimes you got to build the perfect house in three-wall flats. <laughs> That's where studios go. That makes sense. But, um, I like them both. You know, I like them. I like them a lot. You know, sometimes the studio gets maddening. I, I think I ended the year with like uh, I don't know, like twelve or fourteen days straight in the same studio, and it got to be like, yo, I wouldn't mind driving to Canyon right now to go to the whatever location. It gets a little crazy in there. <laughs> you go outside, and it's like you know, you know what time of day it is, and you're on the stage. <laughs> It's a little tippy, you know. You're like, what am I doing with my life? Place <laughs> all day, man. You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Patrick, to me, just looking at your portfolio, which is amazing, mm-hmm. there seems to be a little bit of a difference in how you approach women and men. Would you agree with that, or a tiny different approach, but not not a whole lot, not a whole lot. I'm maybe a little more sensitive with the ladies than the men because of. I was like men, men, and I was like flaws, you know. But okay. I, I mean, I sometimes like flaws in the ladies. It's just it's a careful line to walk sometimes at work, you know. You might identify with a bag under an eye or something you really like or you think is a trademark of them that they really want to get rid of or not. Right. But I don't think I go like, oh, it's a girl that's, you know, some sometimes, but not. it's not really a conscious all-the-time thing. Okay. You wouldn't pick like a different mean or... or... Say, you know, we're going to soften this a lot more or anything like that? 
Well, it depends. I mean, if the, if the woman's, you know, 45, I'm not going to use a lot of chrome dishes and garish light. I'm going right. to back up the truck a little bit. <laughs> you know? It's just too, like, hardcore. Okay. Yeah, definitely soften that up a little bit so it's, you know, so you don't have them running out of the, the room on you in the middle of the <laughs> right. Like, when they're looking at Polaroids where you're like, this is artistic, and they'll be like, we're out of here. <laughs> Another thing that I noticed in a lot of your images that I really liked a lot was almost like a backlight. Do you do that a lot? Yeah, I like to sometimes um, hit the subjects in the back. Uh, I think it creates kind of a thing I've always liked, which is a 3D-ness, like an unrealness to the environment. Right. Sometimes if you play with that, you can get it to look like they're not there. It's stripped in, and it just gives it a separation from being flat, as I would say flat, like kind of just there, and it's just, I don't know. Sometimes the background, to separate them, gives you something else that I like. What would be a typical backlight approach for you? Would it be a certain, like a gridded head or? It could be a, it could be an umbrella or a head. Um, it's, you know, it gets to the place where it's like really doesn't, sometimes it's not so, you know, I hear all these, I work with kids from different art schools and stuff. They do internships and they always think it's like a camera or a device. Or it's a, you know, it's a, it's something, but it's, you know, it's really just getting there. You know what I mean? You can, somebody could get there with a damn uh, flashlight, you know? Okay. We shot an actress once where our key light, uh, uh, we were shooting through glass. It's, uh, her name's Claire Giamani. She's like on the website. She's looking glass in a really nice house with a chandelier. She's wearing like a yellow dress. Uh, for this, we pulled out all this stuff. We got all these things going, and everything's, you know, up and running, and it's like crunch time. The chick's got to go back to set, and we're really late. And it ends up turning off everything we set up, leaving the modeling light on a dish, and shooting it. <laughs> That's cool. You know, like all that stuff, and all that publicist going, how long really, Patrick? Don't pull out more lights. <laughs> you know, it becomes a dish, and... They love the image, so, like, all was forgiven and nothing, you know, ever was brought up again because if the image is fine, all that drama goes away real fast. But oh, that's awesome. I didn't have the nerve to say, yo, that was ended up being a uh, a beauty dish, you know, and those 14 things we did and those, those probies off the mountainside and shit. Yeah, not <laughs> yeah. so much. So you're saying it's not really like a – it's for you, it's not like, well, there's – I always use a grid spot at this angle. It's you more can like do that just to like not feel anxiety in the morning and say I'm gonna see <laughs> with this, this, and this. But then God interacts, no matter who you are, or what you're doing, and says like, not so much today. You know, maybe uh, bouncing a head off the studio wall is your speed today. All right. You know, it's funny too. You can show up with the whole equation, and the soul is just gone the moment. You know. Like, the difference between, like, you know, a Hendrix and a guy that plays with Paul Schaefer at the David Letterman band on the bar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, Like, makes a sense. studio magician, uh, musician versus, you know, this, like, a guy that knew the strings and then played something. You can do that, though. You, I mean, yeah, you can get safe inside of a few tricks. You always know you got them in the truck, but then, you know, sometimes it's cool to get there and... I did this the other day. I was shooting an actress named Emily Blunt, and one of my guys is, you know, me and him were roboting through stuff, doing our stuff, and and uh, the editor and I were, were friends, and we started talking. He goes, man, instead of, like, three or four setups, let's go nuts. It's, like, like old school. Like, you just go crazy. 
And he's basically like, I got your back. The magazine's got your back to destroy this girl, Emily Blunt. And you might turn in the worst shit of your life, but I just want to see you just freak it just for old time's sake. Let's do it. So I started just totally contradicting, like my assistant was throwing shit up and I'd be like, yeah, but now we're going over here, like in the wall. And it was like on the fly. And it was basically, we were running and scrambling for like, you know, three hours. We got so many setups and some of the best that I ever took because we stopped going, you know, oh, you got to keep your chin quarter turn here. You're missing your key. It was like, yo, you guys got to find her key, hold her key, run with the key. Wow. And this chick was, like, burned out. She put on, like, 11 dresses, you know? She's like, okay, <laughs> what the fuck? You know, it wasn't the typical three setups. We got it, and she was, like, roboted in and out in a minute. We just went nuts. That sounds like fun. And that was fun, too, because, no, I didn't announce it. And it was neat. And then my assistant at the end, this day was a guy named Eric. That's, uh, he's an older gentleman. He's 50 years old, but, you know, he's, he's in shape like a 20-year-old. He was like, that was like, that was fun again. You know what I mean? Like, oh, came in cool. with the same old shit, and we totally were like, nope, nope, nope. Let's do this. Like, backyard, <laughs> the wall. No, the pool's cool. Jump in. I don't care. Get the water. You know, stand wow. in direct sunlight from the back of your head. You know? <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was like taking off this, like, you know, like, matrix uh, setup style of, like, you know, this goes here, that goes there, lunches now, and then we go here. It was, just, like, lawless. And I think Emily was cool. She's European, and her uh, publicist was a friend from London, and she's, like, probably the nicest, one of the nicest actresses I shot all year, and she went with it. She was fun. That sounds great. That sounds great. Well, in light of that and in light of how you came to where you are, if you had some advice to give someone who was just getting started, what would it be? I would say uh, this is the weirdest thing uh, that I keep thinking and that I don't say enough is like <laughs> for a young artist, the thing, this is weird to say, but I would say go to therapy and, and make sure you get out of your fear issues. Because I work with so many young artists that are thinking it has to be like this or thinking it has to be like that. And the medium, it's, it's scary for them, man, because, like, uh, content is changing so rapidly. To let go of, like, all the bullshit and find out, don't replicate, just find out who you are. And do a lot of it. Just keep picking things up. That's the best education I've ever seen is consistently trying and trying and trying. Creating, you know, it's like action over verbal. I think it's a continuum. Just keep going and going and going and accept gradualism because I was like a revolutionist as a kid that was like, it's got to be all these things and then I will show you. And, you know, I was the guy with no work. I had nothing, but I was, right. was going to be epic when I dropped that one photograph or that one music video. It would be the best. And it would also be in my head. Uh, the world judging me and deciding if I can go on or not on one job. You know what I mean? Right. Like, just get out of your way, get help, and just become fearless in your work. That's great advice. You know? I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but that's just how I'm feeling for this generation. The discussions, the debates, and all that stuff, what are you doing action-wise? You know, Jean-Michel Basquiat did three paintings a day if he was a junkie or if he was sober. Um, the content and the action were there. The world judges, you know, criticizes, critiques, but you're already down the road on 50 more things by the time that happens, and who cares anyway? <laughs> That's classic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I guess produce, produce in your own way, and, you know, and enjoy it. If you enjoy it, do it, you know. It's great advice. 
Also, I guess I would tell them, you know, the teachers that overly critique, you know, just make sure they're not the burnouts that never did it and lived it. You know what I mean? That makes sense, yeah. Some of these kids get really discouraged with showing their books or their works to some cat that didn't have the nerve and didn't get the therapy to just brutalize them and what's going to work and what's not going to work. Very few people know what's going to work today. Right. (laughs) There's no answer to it. And it's always in flux. Yes, and especially now of YouTube and, and, you know, like, you'll watch yourself going to the bathroom online. Right <laughs> this one record company hit me up and they're like, we haven't, they're like, we can't send you the CD yet because it's not watermarked. I'm like, did you know that the rough mix of this record's been on YouTube for two weeks? Like, get out of your own way. You watermark that thing and spend more money because that shit's already out. He's already making videos they like to it. (laughs) It's a different world. Yeah, the time we live in. Patrick, we really appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to hang out with us and uh Uh, thank you. We'd love to have you on another time and pick your brain some more. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Thank you you guys. Have a good night. Thanks a lot, Patrick. Take care. Okay. Bye bye. Well that's all we have for this episode of Light Source. The brightest podcast on the internet. Be sure to check out the show notes at studiolighting.net for the things that we talked about on today's show. And there you can also find links about our photography and keep up with the stuff that we've been shooting. And don't forget you can send us feedback or questions about the show to studiolighting at gmail.com. And we'll try to answer those questions on the show or in the lighting questions section on studiolighting.net. You can also get feedback on your photography in our Flickr group, which is at www.flickr.com slash groups slash light source. Till next time. Take care. Check out this show and more great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com. Photocastnetwork.com. You said I was wrong, and you said you were wrong. You didn't like the sound of that. When I see something that I don't like, you better not be recording. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> well, if this shows up at the end of the show, get in the car and kick your butt. <laughs>